first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. And here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. Wow. They touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> Your Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, my good friend, Stephen Young of Rotor Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Highpoint.com 400 at Pocono Raceway here on Running Hot. Last weekend's race at New Hampshire was thoroughly dominated by Martin Truex Jr., who did end up taking the checkered flag for his third win of the year after a winless 2022 campaign. So nice rebound for Martin Truex Jr. That once again handed him the points lead. Uh, he's been swapping it back and forth with William Byron over the past few weeks. Truex did finish ahead of Joey Logano in second, and Kyle Larson came home third, which gives each manufacturer a podium spot last week at New Hampshire. But Stevie, I thought it was a really good race, even though, you know, Truex kind of stunk up the joint from a lead standpoint. I thought it was a really good race throughout the rest of the field. What did you think? Yeah, it was a fantastic race. I mean, that was one of the best New Hampshire races we've had in a long time. There was passing. There was tire fall off. Um, fast cars could drive through the field. I mean, ask Christopher Bell. He kept getting um, <laughs> boinked by his pit crew and kept gaining six to ten spots every time, it seemed like. But um had bell's pit crew been on it i would have loved to see like bell and truex kind of duke it out um i think they had the two best cars i think it was good to see ford on a flat kind of show up um i mean that was that's good progression of where they were at two three months ago uh so that was really good to see and kyle larson not his best type of racetrack or track in general so it was good to see him um have some speed some of that was strategy finishing order wise. Um, yeah. but still, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to make those calls. And I mean, Paul Wolf continues to just be a mastermind on the box for Joey Logano. So, um, I mean, that's one of the reasons that Logano, um, does so well. Uh, Paul Wolf is fantastic and he doesn't get enough credit, but yeah, it was really good to see Truex dominate that race and actually finally finish one. Um, you know, we, we talk about Truex all the time on like how he dominates these racetracks and he just something happens, whether it be a pit road penalty or they mess up on pit road or strategy, they call a great race and he dominated. So uh, it was good to see. We talked about him last week, got a winner last week on the podcast. So that was always nice. So uh, no pressure. We got to keep it going again this week. Yeah, we, we debated between tricks and Bell for our victory lane pick. We went Bell, but at least you got Martin Truex Jr. as one of your picks in the four. Hey, we have the two there. fastest cars, Nick. We did. We and did. like we have we, we have to like we have to give ourselves a little credit. Like Truex ended at like plus three fifty and Bell ended at like plus three seventy. So let's give ourselves credit. We we were on it last week as far as like fast cars. Yeah, and I was able to get Bell seven or seven and a half to one, something like that live, and it just didn't work out. And then I also, um, you know, was just looking at lap times. It took Harvick 20 to one live, and he almost had a chance to steal it there at yep. the end. It didn't quite work out on the restarts, but, uh, you know, I felt really good about my two live bets. Felt 
much worse about my pre my pre week bets. You know, last week on Running Hot, and uh, it just didn't didn't work out. But I'm ready to rebound this week for Pocono. I feel so prepared, so ready for Pocono. Uh, yeah, last week was was brutal for me. I know you had some hits on Running Hot. Unfortunately, I did not. But hey, it's a new week, and I'm ready to move on to Pocono. So let's preview Pocono here. NASCAR does head to Pocono Raceway, also known as the Tricky Triangle for 400 miles, 160 laps of racing at the two and a half mile track. Pocono gets its Tricky Triangle moniker from its three corners, all of which have different turn radius and different degrees of relatively flat banking. It's like 14 degrees, eight degrees and six degrees in the corners, meaning teams need to compromise how they set up the car for each corner. I mean, this, this triangle has three different straightaway lengths as well. So it's really different on how each turn handles uh, and what you need in each turn. So drivers need to adapt their driving style in each corner. And, and that's why they often say Pocono is the oval that drives like a road course because of its flat turns and, and the way you need to handle some of these corners and kind of compromise throughout the various turns. So overall, Stevie, what do we expect from Pocono from a racing standpoint? Tough to say. Um, last year, the fast cars kind of ran up front. Um, there was a few cars that were able to move through the field. I know like Chastain was the best car in practice last year, and he was able to drive through the field and then had some issues at the end of the race. So um, strategy could potentially come into play at a racetrack like Pocono. It is so big that, I mean, technically you could pit early if you wanted to and not lose a lap. It'd be really close depending on how close you're running to the front. Um, so, I mean, strategy could play a factor, but overall, um, Pocono is one of my least favorite tracks. I'm not going to come on here and, and praise Pocono. It's a track that I don't love. Um, I mean, I love it for fantasy and DFS. It's been very good for me over the years, but like as a fan, uh, it's, a, I mean, yeah, it's cool. Um, it's a tricky triangle. It's unique. It's different, but sometimes the racing at Pocono can just kind of be spread out. Um, and last year practice correlated big time with the race, you know, the fastest cars in practice were the fastest cars in the race. And, with this new car being um, so new still, I feel like it. we're really going to be relying on what we see in practice as far as speed. Yeah, I agree with you. Practice is going to be really huge. And I think all three manufacturers have a good shot this weekend. We'll talk more about that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go against you. I love Pocono. I absolutely love racing at Pocono. It's one of my favorite tracks in the schedule. Uh, I just think it's cool when you have all the strategy elements that come into play and those restarts, you can get five, six, seven wide. Uh, it can get a little strung out at times, but if you're kind of into the various strategies and what's going on, there can be a lot to track and a lot to keep follow of, which can keep you engaged and entertained for me. Um, but I love that element. And, and there often is good racing at Pocono as well. It's not always just strategy. Um, so, you know, like I said, it can get strung out. It could be competitive, but you never know what Pocono is going to throw at you, which is kind of how you let off. You don't know what to expect when we come to Pocono, but uh, you mentioned it a little bit, handicap in Pocono, obviously last year practice times were huge. So uh, I do think I'll be saving a good chunk of bets for after practice and qualifying, but at least midweek, how are we going to be handicapping Pocono? Yeah, I think we have to look at raw speed recently. Um, you know, when we looked at, when I, when I was digging through the stuff from Pocono last year and looking at like practice, it was a lot of the cars that were just really fast and raw speed at that time. So uh, recent raw speed, definitely going to be something that's really high up on my list. Um, you're going to hear me talk about it in all four slash five picks that we had come up with. So, uh, raw speed matters a lot. 
track history matters. Um, you have to know how to kind of set up the car, you know, even last year with the being the first race here with the new car drivers that have been good here in the past. were good. Um, it's a, like, I, you know, it's the tricky triangle, whether we want to like, uh, you know, play into the name of it or what, um, it's three different turns. It's a lot different than any type of racetrack we go to. Um, so being good here matters. Like, you know, you look at who's been good here in the past and, it's definitely going to matter. I don't want to go back too far, but I definitely want to look at maybe the last like three to six or seven years and kind of see who's been good here. But yeah, track history, but really like 2023 raw speed, 2022 data from here. Um, it's a unique racetrack. Not much is changing for this racetrack outside of a couple things. And um, I, I think guys that unloaded fast last year will likely unload fast this year. Yeah, I think that's mostly the case. I, I actually, um, in my model track history, and, and again, I don't choose the variables that go in my model. I, I have a what's called a feature selection algorithm where the variables are chosen by an algorithm as to what's most significant. And track history does come up as quite important. Um, and if you want to say track type history, if you want to kind of build in a little bit of uh, Indianapolis from, let's say, 2019, I think it was in prior, uh, or maybe 2020 in prior, and then... Uh, Add in a little bit of Michigan just for the raw horsepower, maybe some of these other mile and a halfs for, or, you know, auto club for raw horsepower, but they, you know, they don't really kind of super correlate. It's mostly just track history and, and indie track history as uh, what I would look at. So with that said, you know, you did mention the guys who rolled off fast here last year. We're going to possibly roll off fast this year, but I do want to talk about the Fords because I feel like I've had an angle on them all year this year. I feel like I've been able to read them really well this year. I think the Fords are going to be very good because of that nose. We have the longest straights in NASCAR, uh, in all of NASCAR at Pocono. And that new, you know, it's not new anymore, but the 2023 nose compared to the 2022 nose has been aerodynamically changed to uh, reduce the downforce because it was found in wind tunnel testing that Fords had a little more out, you know, downforce outside the window last year than they wanted to make things equal. So by reducing that downforce, it also ended up reducing the drag. And with these really long straightaways, having that lower drag is going to be, I think, very big for the Fords. And Pocono isn't really a downforce track. You don't have these like super high speed corners where you need downforce. It's a lot more mechanical grips, more road course like. So uh, plus we're in the intermediate air quote intermediate package, uh, which will help with that extra downforce as well. It's going to be in the 70s. It's going to be humid. So that'll help with downforce. I think this is going to be a very good race for the Fords. And, you know, last year it certainly was dominated by Toyota and Chevy. I think the Fords have a good chance to contend for the win this week. What do you think? I hope you're onto something uh, because it's definitely an edge that we could play. Um, the data doesn't support it. Um, but like you said, it's a different nose than last year. So um, their, their speed has been better. We just got done talking about how like Logano has been better. Blaney has been better. Kozlowski had speed last week. Yep. Busher was solid. Cindric is out to lunch. Um, who knows what's going on with that two team right now? They got a lot of work to do, but um, I think I hope you're onto something. I mean, like any kind of edge that we can get, I think that using that for betting and fantasy is huge. So I'll be very eager to see what type of raw speed they have. Um, my my issue with Ford has been like they have been good on long runs. They they can consistently compete with these guys on long runs. They just haven't had that like front end raw speed 
Um, outside of Blaney in some racetracks, like it just seems like Blaney gets the most out of a car, but if they can unload with some raw speed, I agree with you. I think that drafting and using, um, the draft and that nose on these long straights, like, uh, maybe you're onto something here. So you're not going to see any Ford love from me on these early week bets, but, <laughs> um, you know, if you are on the Fords, like, well, and to your point, I want to get, I want to get on the Fords early week before we see practice and qualifying, because if that edge is there, that's going away after practice and qualifying. Um, And so, you know, if that edge isn't there, then I can dive into the more of the Toyotas and the Chevys, but you say the data doesn't support it. And I agree with you in terms of like last year's track performance, but I will point out some very important data this year when I talk about one of my bets on essentially on Ford this week that, that I think is, is very interesting. But uh, we will get into that. It is time to give our best bets. Stevie, there's been a debate this week I've seen on Twitter about how many turns Pocono has. Uh, does it have three turns? Does it have five turns? You know, some people have been calling one, one and two. So because we have four turns on the podcast, I voted for four turns on on the poll that I saw on Twitter. So we're going to say Pocono has four turns this week. Four turns, one pick each from myself and Stevie per turn before we drive into victory lane. So Stevie, you're going to lead us into turn one, the actual turn one. What do you got for us? This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. They're going with eight picks, right? So we could go back to the 1970s road course of Pocono <laughs> that used to have eight turns, but no, yeah. I'm just joking. Um, it has three turns, but hey, we'll, we'll for the podcast, we're going to say four um, because, hey, everybody wants four. They probably want more than that. Anyway, maybe, maybe we'll say maybe we'll say what turn four for turn four. Yeah. Um, all joking aside, my turn one pick is Bubble Wallace top 10 plus 120 at Bed MGM. Um, love this line. I think this is a really fair line. You look elsewhere, um, you're paying juice some places for this one. So Wallace finished 10th year last year. He ranked 12th in speed in that race. He ranks 13th in speed this season. We got to remember how slow the season was to start off for Bubba Wallace um, and 2311 in general. They have picked it up. Toyota and Chevy have had the best raw speed this season, and I'm expecting that to be the same like we just talked about. Um, I hope Nick is on to something. I'm going to jump on some of this Ford stuff he's going to talk about, but, uh, Bubba Wallace top 10. I feel like this has been kind of a staple for me this year. I feel like Bubba mm-hmm. is very undervalued in general. 2311 is very undervalued in general. Uh, I'm going to jump on this one early this week. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, Bubba, his track type history is so good. Uh, you know, top tens here, at both Pocono Top five finishes at Indianapolis Motor Speedway back when he was running in that Richard Petty Motorsports car. So, you know, very good track type for Bubba Wallace. I'm high on him this week. I'm just trying to find the right angle, the right time of the week, the, you know, whether it's pre-practice qualifying, post-practice and qualifying, which market. I haven't made a Bubba bet yet, but I'm very actively looking at my Bubba Wallace bets. For my turn one pick, I'm going to go to a guy I've already bet very large on this week. Uh, and I'm going to say Kevin Harvick. For a top three plus 475 or Kevin Harvick for a top five plus 215. I am not taking these myself because I have, like I said, a large bet on this top 10, which BetMGM generously gave it minus 115 until uh, after I tracked it in the Action Network app, it quickly moved to minus 165. But if you didn't get the top 10, these other numbers are still really big value. Uh, let's look at his results at Pocono with Stuart Haas Racing. 
Uh, for top threes, he's finished in the top three, six out of 17 Pocono starts with Stuart Haas Racing. That is a 35.3% rate compared to 17.4% implied odds at plus 475. He's doubled what his implied odds are in terms of his top three rate at Pocono. Uh, with Stuart Haas Racing, I should say. And then if we look at top fives, well, he's had 10 top fives in those 17 starts as well. That comes out to a 58.8% top five rate, which is way above the 31.7%. Again, almost double the 31.7% implied at plus 215. Now, if we add in Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the two and a half mile flat track at Indy, those numbers Im even improve over a 24 race sample size with Stuart Haas racing. So Kevin Harvick just undervalued this week, undervalued my model, undervalued in just everything he's done. I know he had a bad finish last year, but he was running fourth when, you know, that Hamlin Chastain incident happened and he got caught up in that melee there. So he was on pace for another top five finish there. So uh, I like Kevin Harvick. Pretty much anything you can get him. I know his top 10 is his move pretty short, but uh, even then, he's finished top 10 in 20 of 24 races uh, with Stuart Haas Racing at Pocono and Indy combined. Yeah, I mean, like all the Fords last year, he kind of struggled for raw speed here, but anytime we go to a unique racetrack, experience matters, and this guy's retiring at the end of the year. He has more experience than everybody in the field, it seems like, so... Um, yeah, ton of interest in Harvick. He's been top five in raw speed this season. He's been consistent. He hasn't had like that race where he's like yeah. winning, but he's been consistently inside the top five. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And, and again, this is kind of the time of year last year where Harvick came to life. He ended up winning Michigan. He ended up winning Richmond. Richmond, of course, is where we're going next week. And then the week after is Michigan. So this is the time of year we came to life last year adding that extra maybe potential benefit of the the nose. And I, I really like him to, to run inside the top 10 all race with a shot at a top five or a top three. All right, so that is going to do it for turn one. Now it's time to head into the, the tunnel turn, turn two. I'm Denny Hanlon, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, what do we got in turn two? We got to carry speed, so I got to go to my boy, Ross Chastain. Top five plus 185, love this line. Um, really considering betting his outright because I think it a move to the bad side of things um, when we get practice and qualifying. Third and green flag speed at Pocono last year had the best car late in the race uh, by far. Um, he was so good the second half of that race. Speed has been all over the place the last month. With this being a unique track, expect them to be closer to like 2022 speed. Um, are they testing stuff? It it's tough to say, you know. We, we know they're locked into the playoffs now. Are they testing stuff? I mean, the speed has been all over the place where I'm like, kind of like, hey, they might actually be testing stuff. But um, he was the fastest car in practice last year, which makes me think they'll unload with speed. So like Chastain for a top five, don't hate betting him outright. But um, I like the plus 185 for a top five here. Yeah, I think you mentioned he unloaded so fast in, in practice last year that maybe this is one where I want to see that speed and, and wait till after practice. But you're right. Ross Chastain is a is a monster just overall in terms of raw speed. He's been a monster at Pocono. Even remember uh, 2021, that doubleheader when he was with Ganassi, he was running up front, ended up having problems with some of those races as well, uh, just like he had problems last year. So he's had troubles finishing, but he's absolutely posted top five, top three, you know, speed, even 
in that Ganassi equipment a couple of years ago. So this is a very good track for Ross Chastain. Um, for me, probably one I'm waiting until post-practice qualifying, but I definitely don't mind if you get on it early. We all know because I'm just a little different this week with the Ford stuff that I'll probably end up waiting until after practice qualifying with my personal bets on, on somebody like a, a Ross Chastain. But I definitely am very high on Ross Chastain this week. For my turn to... This is where I'm going to I'm going to give all the Ford stuff here, Stevie Ford pole bets. Uh, if we like Ford, if we if if we like the, the aerodynamic change to the nose, which gives them raw horsepower, raw speed, low drag on these long straights and the downforce isn't going to hurt them with these types of corners. Plus the weather Ford to win the pole, I think, is great. I actually ended up betting all of the Fords except Kevin Harvick. The Rick Ware cars, Todd Gilliland, Harrison Burton, and Ryan Priest. Um, reason I didn't bet Harvick, his last poll was 2021, which actually was at Pocono. Um, but since then, he hasn't actually won a poll. Uh, and, and that poll in 2021 was, of course, by the formula. So he, he really hasn't won a poll on merit since like forever. Um, his you know best start this year is second. So I think he's just too short at 15 to want to bet him on the poll. Ryan Priest has only had two top 10 starts with Stuart Haas Racing. They came at Martinsville and Bristol Dirt, not representative of other high-speed tracks. Everything else, he started outside the top 10. But we talk about the guys that I did bet on pole. Let's look at their pole rates with their current team. Eric Almarola, with his time at Stuart Haas Racing, has won the pole about once a year on average. Uh, we're getting 60 to 1 odds. Briscoe has gotten the pole also about once a year, one in every 40 races. We're getting 100 to 1 on Briscoe. Austin Sindrick, he's gotten the pole once in about 60 opportunities. Now, uh, you know, he's raced more than 60 races for Penske, but there's been a few rainouts, few getting set by the metric. So that's why I'm just giving their actual rates. So one in 60, we're getting 101 on Austin Sindrick. Chris Buescher was the fastest Ford in qualifying at Pocono last year, qualified fifth. If he improves, if Ford improves, I think you got to like him uh, at his odds. I think he's 40 to one. Keselowski, four of his top five best RFK starts have come at high-speed tracks, including one pole. Joey Logano is the pole master. He's got a pole one in every 13 races where they actually qualified on speed with Penske. He's 15 to one. So really like a lot of these uh, Ford odds, especially if they're going to have that aerodynamic change. Also, Ford at high-speed tracks this year. At Daytona, outside of the Hendrick 1-2-3 uh, in terms of just the actual single-lap qualifying, Ford was four through nine, so they had the next six spots. Auto Club was canceled. We didn't get to see. Atlanta, Joey Logano won the poll. Las Vegas, Joey Logano won the poll. Kansas, uh, Logano and Blaney were both in the top 10. It wasn't Ford's best effort there. But Talladega, Almirola was second, and Ford had three of the top five spots. The Toyotas had the other two. And then Charlotte was canceled. So we've consistently seen at the highest speed tracks this year where that nose helps the most. Ford has always been in contention for the poll, with the exception of Kansas. Listen, I... I hear everything you say. Um, I, for one, personally, I don't love pole bets. Anyway, I hate betting so, polls. I hate yeah, betting polls. It, I hate it, them, it, it, so. so for me to actually do this, I think there's a real edge here. Yo, I mean, the value that you just talked about. I mean, you laid it out for everybody. There's plenty of value here. Um, and you need to hit this like one every like five or six races. Like if you did this every like, like five or six races and you hit it one time, like mm -hmm. it's going to pay for itself. So um, if you feel that strongly about it, I'm definitely going to be looking into this um, after we get done recording. Yeah, I think all told, I ended up spending uh, 3.3 units to win a minimum, um, depending on who who hits, a minimum of 10 units, uh, you know, so I'd get my bet back and, and profit 
around eight units at worst. Or I guess if it's Blaney who wins the poll, I would profit around 2.3, 10 minus 2.3. Yeah, so 7.7 units at worst. So, yeah, that's the goal. Like you said, once every three, four, five times uh, that I take this approach, it just needs to hit for it to be long-term profitable. Uh, and, and I think there's an edge here this week with Ford pole bets. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Now time to head down the long straight into the final turn at Pocono, turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. What do you got for us as we head into the final turn here for turn uh, for Pocono, but not not for the whole show, just for Pocono. What do you got for us, Stevie? I'm going to go back to a bet that I liked last week, a bet that I've liked a few times this year, and that's uh, winning manufacturer, Toyota plus 155. Um, Toyota has three of the top six drivers in just raw speed this season. Um, Toyota has won seven of the last 10 races at Pocono, eight if you include last year where Hamlin and Kyle Busch got DQ'd for having a little clear plastic piece of tape underneath the wrap or whatever it was. It obviously mattered. They had the two fastest cars. They like combined 50 plus fastest laps. Um, yeah, that tape didn't matter. Well, then why was it there? Um, we all know. Let's let's be honest. But yeah, raw speed matters at Pocono. Toyota has been the strong, strongest manufacturer over the last six weeks. I talked about it earlier. Um, recent raw speed seems to matter a lot at Pocono because it is unique and you know, current form obviously matters. So I'm going to just stick with the Toyotas here, getting at plus 155 again this week. Um, saw this at plus 125. So I don't think it gets better than plus 155. So I'm going to, again, jump on Toyota early this week. Yeah, uh, I like that actually. And a uh, little confession, of course, I bet Ford winning manufacturer based off my angle, but that was at four to one. Now they're down to as low as like three to one in some places where I would definitely not bet them. Um, you know, I, I, my model showed value on Ford down to 350. If you want to add in the physics angle, I could see going a little lower than 350 on Ford, but uh, I wouldn't bet them at any current market price. But what that did is that pushed Chevy and Toyota a little bit longer. And I do think we could take either Chevy or Toyota, whichever one for me, I'll be looking at which team, which manufacturer has the most speed after practice and qualifying. Probably use that as a hedge on my Ford bet if the Fords aren't showing speed. So that's my strategy. But if you had to make a midweek bet, 
Uh, I really like, like you said, the best value right now is Toyota winning manufacturer. So right there with you, not a bet I'm making simply because of my personal strategy. But if I had to pick one right now, I would pick Toyota plus 155 right there with you. That said, for my turn three pick, I'm going against the Toyota. And that's because I really like Kyle Larson at Pocono. I'm going to take Kyle Larson at even money over Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Larson has won this matchup between him and Truex in nine of their 15 Pocono starts where they've both both raced together, right? In 2020, Kyle Larson was suspended, so he didn't get to race at Pocono there that year. But in the 15 races they both started, Kyle Larson has won this matchup nine times, including all three times while Larson has been running at Hendrick Motorsports. That means, you know, in the other 12 races, he was six for 12 against Truex. And that was when Larson was in Ganassi equipment and Truex is still running in this top tier, either JGR or back then Furniture Row uh, equipment. You know, he won the championship with Furniture Row and, and Kyle Larson was in a little bit less top, not not quite top tier equipment. So this is just a better track for Kyle Larson than it is for Martin Truex Jr. in recent years and, and just overall. If we look, Larson is in, in the three races where Larson's been in the Hendrick Motorsports he leads every major important stat category versus Truex. Laps led 33 to 21. Driver rating 104.5 to 88.6. Average finish 6.0 to 12.7. Fastest laps 37 to 14. 0.6 miles an hour average per race faster than Truex. And average running position 10.3 versus 11.7. Now, maybe if we adjust for current form, Trix gets a little bit closer, but uh, I got Larson favored in my model, so I'm going to back him here at even money. Yeah, I think it's a coin flip. Um, like you mentioned, current form. I mean, they're really close current form. Like these are three and four when you're looking at like raw speed. It, it, it's a legit coin flip. You know, you talk about Larson having the the advantage over the course of time. I mean, getting a coin flip with the edge probably leaning to Larson at even money. Nice value here. Yeah, and and just to point out, last year, Larson was definitely better than Truex. So if they roll off like that again, I, I definitely want to have the plus money on Larson. So that is turn three. Time to head into what? Turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, Steve, what do you got for us in, in fake turn four? Yeah, I mean, they just didn't put the tape under Truex's um, car, so he wasn't as fast last year. But I'm going to go to a group bet here. It's Elliott, Reddick, Harvick, and Logano. And I'm going to take Reddick at plus 225. I'm going to continue my Toyota train. Um, Everything I've seen points me to Toyotas. I love what Nick is talking about with the Fords. Um, A lot of value in the Fords if you want to jump on that early. Like he said, if it does come out and Fords are really strong, um, obviously you're not going to get that value. So Reddick was faster year last year, RCR, and he should benefit going to Toyota. Um, RCR is kind of like, I mean, maybe not anymore, but they're middle of the road last year as far as like Chevy speed. And obviously Kyle Busch has helped that out a little bit, but this is a track that Toyota, Toyota has fast at every single year. Reddick ranks ahead of both Elliott and Nagano in speed this season. I'll take my chances over Harvick. Um, I think this is really close and, I mean, I could even see, like, if you want to be on, like, the Ford train and go in Logano at the longest odds in this group, too. But um, I like Reddick plus 225, very high on Tyler Reddick this week. I'm very high on Toyota. And 2311 had plenty of speed at this racetrack last year. They're way better than they were last year at this time, too. So um, I like Tyler Reddick a lot this week. Yeah, I think Reddick actually is the best from this group in terms of a track fit, maybe along with Harvick. 
but then, you know, you mentioned Lagana longest odds. And of course, Elliot did finish uh, fastest of the legal cars here. I should say furthest ahead of the legal cars here <laughs> last year. So it's an interesting group, but I would get like you, I would give the nod to Tyler Reddick. Uh, so that's where I'm going with my what turn four pick Tyler Reddick top Toyota plus 525 at BetMGM. Pretty much everything you just said, um, you know, Reddick started his career with two incidents in the two first in his first two races at large flat tracks, uh, both of which were Pocono. And then after that, in the other four large flat track races, which includes three Pocono races and an Indy race, he's finished 11th or better in all of them. That includes his fourth place finish last year at Pocono, which ended up becoming a second with the disqualifications. Now he goes to 23-11, which is just an extension essentially of of Joe Gibbs racing. You mentioned how they're running better. I think Reddick has a very good shot with how well this track fits him, with how well it fits uh, you know, a guy that's similar to him, Kyle Larson, uh, I think this is a good track for these types of drivers. And so I think, you know, I, I tricks struggled here a little bit last year compared to the, the other Toyotas. And he's the second shortest odds at bet MGM Christopher bell, you know, he's fine here, but I really like Reddick as that fourth priced Toyota in this group. Again, if every Toyota was equal to win, everybody should be five to one. I don't think Reddick should be worse than average to win this group. Yeah, so you know, let's just get into our uh, victory, victory lane. lane to con- continue this love. Yes, what uh, do you got for us then? It's victory yeah, lane. Yeah, let's let's just continue this love. Um, the Tyler, this is the Tyler Reddick love train, I guess. But it is. We got Tyler Reddick at fourteen to one uh, to win this race. We are both obviously very high on Tyler Reddick this week. We just got done talking about him in what turn four. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I mean, everything that we just got done talking about outside of the fact that, like, this is nice value at 14 to one. This was a, a top five car here last year, and we think that he's getting a little bit of a boost here. You know, he's been helping Denny and Truex and these guys on road courses. Yeah. Let, let's help. Let's help him get a little win here at Pocono. So um, I think he contends for the win. I hope he, he unloads fast enough where this this line moves uh, the other way. So, it, I mean, you know, maybe you wait on this one and it just kind of sticks, sticks at 14 to one, but I'll, I'll be honest. I think that if he does unload with speed, if he starts inside the top 10, this is probably the best you're going to get this line. So um, it's the only outright that I want early in the week right now, really debated on Chastain um, as much as I like Hamlin and these guys, their lines just, they're just too much um, here early in the week. So uh, Reddick 14 to one is where we're at for victory lane this week. Yeah, you mentioned Chastain. We I listed out uh, on our sheet here our outline, uh, you know, kind of who I preferred and in what order. And I listed Reddick one, Chastain two. And you were like either Reddick or Chastain for me. So we went Reddick. Um, I haven't bet Reddick. I haven't bet Chastain. I'm considering both. And I I think you're right. I think this could be the best we see all week on Reddick. Uh, Chastain is somebody who doesn't necessarily always qualify super well. So if I do want to wait. I actually think it's a little bit better to wait on Ross. Plus, you know, he's at a, a bit shorter number. I think the best value on him is uh, is 12 to 1 out there. Uh, so Reddick at 14 to 1, I think, is is probably where I'd go if I go with another early week bet. I did make two bets. I took Blaney at 16. He's just, I think, a little too short now at uh, 12 or 13 to 1 as, as the best out there. Uh, and I took Al Marola at 200 to one with a, a tiny sprinkle when he opened on Monday. But so far, the only bets I've made for outrights are Blaney and Al Marola. But 
may have to jump on this Tyler Reddick train because I, I agree with you. If I think about practice and qualifying, I actually think this should get, this is probably the longest we'll see barring something ridiculous. So um, yeah, probably just going to end up rolling Tyler Reddick 14 to one as maybe my final midweek bet outside of, uh, you know, the, the ones we gave in turns one through what turn four. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the highpoint.com 400 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Cookout 400 at Richmond Raceway. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.